Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It's made possible in part by contributions from podcast listeners. Please consider making a contribution by going to the Donate Now tab at mpbonline.org. Thanks for your financial support. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio, where each week we talk with creative Mississippians. I'm your host, Maria Zerang, Folk and Traditional Arts Director at the Mississippi Arts Commission. And today I'm talking with blues musician King Edward Antoine. King Edward is this year's Governor's Arts Awards recipient for excellence in music. Celebrating over 50 years as a performer, King Edward has achieved a diverse and successful music career. I want to start out by congratulating Congratulating you, King Edward, on your Governor's Arts Award this year. And I want to let our listeners know that they can attend the 2023 Governor's Arts Award Ceremony on Thursday, February 2nd at 6 p.m. at the two Mississippi Museums in Jackson. It is free and open to the public, so come on out and check out King Edward and our other recipients this year. So, hello, King Edward, and thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, ma'am. Well, hello with you, too. How you doing? Good, good, yeah, good, and congratulations yeah. on your Governor's Arts Award. Uh, How does that feel to be a recipient? Oh, feel good, feel good. I, you know, I think <laughs> I've been here long enough to be one now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, well, I want to start out this interview at the beginning because we are here in the studio with two Louisiana people who moved to Mississippi. I'm from Thibodeau, and you're from Rain, Louisiana. Rain, Louisiana. Yeah, right. the frog capital of the world. Yeah. That's right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> Louisiana has all those little capital cities. That's Thibodeau right. is the fireman's capital right. of the world. Yeah. That's right. But um, I thought it was really interesting. I was reading about you, and you grew up speaking French. So yes. was that your first language, French and English? Yes, ma'am. Uh, well, my whole family speak French, you know, and uh, I grew up as a kid speaking French. When you were in Louisiana especially around Rain and Lafayette and them kind of places. Everybody speak French, white, black, and they speak French back in them days. Oh, yeah. They speak more French than did English, you know. So I grew up speaking French and started playing my French music with my cousin, Clifton Chanel, yeah. back then in the 50s. And uh, after that, I started you grew up with playing the Zydeco, Keith Fee. I played behind Clifton Schnell Records, and and then when I left there, I had to play behind uh, Gabe Mount Brown, the legend, the guitar player. And then uh, my cousins had a group, and I got with them, and playing rhythm guitar, you know. And I didn't sing at that time, I was just playing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I grew up playing that, and I got good enough to get my own band back there. So I had two of my brothers to play with me. That's uh, Wilbert and Fulton, Antoine. And they played with me. And uh, my other brother, Nolan Strzok, was in Chicago. He had went with Lonnie Brooks in Chicago. So uh, after that, I, I grew up, I moved to Port Arthur, Texas. 
I went, moved to Poland, Texas, and I, I started playing in a club called Lou Ann, a white club. Matter of fact, that's all I played was white club because I was playing country. I was playing blues, sadico, so they like they took me liking me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I uh, started packing up the place, and they, they hired me, and uh, it was beautiful, you know, me coming up, learning, you know. So after I got good good enough to do on my own, I decided I started doing some recording, but I, I, I waited till I got to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Well, before we talk about Chicago, um, I want to back up a little bit okay. and talk about your family because you, you know, you have your cousin Clifton Chenier, a famous Zydeco musician. Right. You have four brothers, right? They right. were all musicians. Right. Your father was a musician too, right? Yeah. Okay. And a lot of cousins. So you grew up in a very musical family. Was there always music in the home? What kind of music were y'all listening to and well, playing? Back then, see, my, my dad was playing Zydeco music, you know, with Clifton, and they played rubber boats, and yeah. he played accordion. So I wasn't playing then. I was just watching and learning because I was you know, like a little kid. And uh, after that, my got brother play uh, guitar, Wilbur. He's mm-hmm. in Portland now. And I got a brother, brother in Lafayette, and Port Arthur, Texas, play guitar for Alton. And I got my brother in and uh, Memphis, Nolan Struck, he played bass and sang. And me, there was four of us, and my sister sung for a while until she passed, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what was it about the guitar that you wanted well, to the guitar, uh, learn? Well, the guitar was, uh, was uh, what I wanted to do. That's what I liked it. Mm-hmm. You know, I never thought about singing, you know, until I got the try to sing when I got to Chicago because McKinley had me learning. But the guitar was the thing. Everybody wanted to have me play guitar, you know. Hey, man, you want to play behind me? Lonnie Brook, all of them, you know. So I decided I moved to Chicago. Yeah. So Well, actually, before Chicago, you were in Portland for a while, right? I wanted right. to talk about that because... Right. So, you said in Louisiana you were playing Zydeco, you were playing country and a little bit of blues. Right. Portland, you were playing jazz with an orchestra. Talk right. about that. Talk about jazz. How was that different from the other genres you well, were playing? Well, when I got to Portland, I couldn't find no band that could play blues, you know. And I couldn't find nobody to play the blues and it was a it was a jazz group. They had a twelve piece orchestra. The guitar player was leaving, you know, and they were looking for guitar players. So the drummer said, "Once you get King Edward, man, he said, King Edward, who's that?" He said, "Guy, he's a guy from Louisiana." He said, "He said, can you play jazz?" I said, "I know they interviewed me." He said, "Can you play jazz?" I said, "I can play chords, you know. I know how to play chords, jazz chords." He said, "Well, that's all. We we got the solos. All you got to do is play the chords." He said, I got a teacher here, and the guy wrote music down. I said, man, I can't read that stuff. He said, well, I played for you on the keyboard. And the minute he played, I played right back behind him. He said, well, man, hey, how you did that? I said, wow. I, I said, well, I grew up like that. And you can't play nothing I can't play, you know. 
Mm, so you kind of learned it by ear then, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up teaching myself how to play yeah. by ear. So it's kind of a trial by fire then, huh, with the with jazz, just kind of learning on the spot. Yeah, yeah. That's what, after I got into that jazz, uh, they finally decided me to let me play solos, you know, behind the orchestra, because they had, we had about six horns, and uh, one guitar, two keyboard. They had orchestra, you know. So me, I, I just left a little four-piece, three-piece band. I had to kind of get used to that. I had to kind of get used to that. And uh, so, but after I got used to them, them guys were like, said, man, we love you, man. God, don't you play that guitar. Wow, yeah, yeah. kind of like a musical chameleon in a way. You know, right. you just had to adapt to right. what the job was. Right. Yeah. And then they was playing like, <clears throat> the only blues they was play like Honky Tonk, Night Train. That's the only blues songs they mostly play. Yeah. Night Train, Honky Tonk, and stuff like that. But other stuff like, you know, jazz, and I didn't have to do nothing but just chord then. Yeah. So I've learned myself how to solo, solo and pick the guitar. And uh, my brother called me from Chicago. He said, man, what you doing in Portland? I said, well, I got playing with this orchestra band, but I'm finna get my own little band. He said, man, I, I got somebody who want to talk to you. So I talked to Junior Wells on the phone. Junior Wells said, yeah, man, you need to come down here. That's where the blues at. I said, oh, yeah. He said, yeah. He said, you come down here. We ain't to worry about no gig. I said, all right. No problem. But uh, I had to tell the guys, give them two weeks' notice before I left. And they said, oh, man, no. You ain't. I said, yeah, I got to go, brother. So oh, you know, They didn't you, want you to go. Yeah, when you're young, you, you know, yeah. you, you just want to travel. Uh-huh. You know? So uh, I, well, I Yeah, did, you certainly yeah. traveled. Did you like living in Portland? And oh yeah, everybody was nice, you mm -hmm. know. Everybody was nice, and I didn't have to worry about nothing. And my sister was living there. Then I had another brother living there, my oldest brother. Oh, okay. Is that why you moved there? Because you had family connections? Yeah, my sister. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I was I had asthma real bad when I was here in the south. Yeah. And I had asthma. I couldn't breathe, you know. So my grandmama told me, say. You want to get rid of that island, son, you're going to have to change the climate. I said, yeah. She said, yeah, you got to leave out the south. It's not good for you. So I called my sister in Portland, and she paid for my fare to come up there. And then, then when I got there, just after I got out of Texas, I started breathing good. Wow. Everything just left, you know? Yeah, I can relate to that. I have bad allergies here in Mississippi and Louisiana. Yeah, so. you see, by yeah. me working on a working on farm sharecropper with my daddy, driving tractor and working in rice farms and all that water wouldn't look good for me. Mm -hmm. I couldn't breathe. Well, I, at night, everybody would be sleeping but me. You know, I just breathing hard, you know. So when I got out of the state of Texas, I started breathing real good. I got to Colorado. We, we stopped in Denver, Colorado. And I was I felt like a new man. And then when I got to Portland, my sister said, I wanna sing with your band. Well I said, Well when I gotta get a band first. So, <laughs> so when I got a I got a little group, three piece group, you know, 
was in, and they knew all where all the clubs was. And they was booking me downtown Portland. A lot of clubs I played down there. And what kind of music were you playing at those clubs? Oh, mostly blues and mm. mostly blues and stuff they grew up with, like uh, Chuck Berry, you know, Pat Domino. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. But they liked it what I was playing because I was playing mostly like Muddy Waters and Jimmy Reed. You know, yeah. I was into that a lot. Jimmy Reed, Muddy Waters, and John Lee Hooker. I was playing that kind of music. That's what they wanted, it, you know. Cause, uh, and then guys, I had to teach them how to play that. They didn't, they could play, but they didn't, wouldn't into that blues, you know, really into it. Yeah. So after I decided I moved to Chicago. Yeah, and, and that was from your brother's suggestion, right? The yeah, move to Chicago. Yeah, Nolan, Nolan and Junior Wells called me. Mm. And that was only after what you had been in Portland a, a year. year. Mm. A year, yeah. I, and uh, matter of fact, I was working. I had got a job, you know, playing music and working, and working car wash, washing cars and stuff like that. And uh, when they offered me that job in Chicago, I said, "Yeah, man, I'm ready to get out of here." Well, yeah, let's talk about that, the move to Chicago. So tell us a little bit about, you know, the music scene there and what you were doing in Chicago. Yeah, well, uh, when I flew to Chicago, and I got there, it was snow all on the ground. I said, God, I hadn't used to walking in the snow. And Nolan and, and uh, my cousin, they played the guitar, picked me up at the airport. And I was just slipping and sliding and falling on my on my butt. <laughs> they were laughing at me. They said, man, you, you ain't got you're not in Louisiana now. I said, okay. So uh, finally, it, I went to Junior Wells when he was playing that night. No, Flint Robinson was playing. Teresa on the club. Teresa's. So I went down there and... Uh, she told Flint, you're looking for a bass player, man. Why don't you get Nolan, brother? He said, you look like Nolan. I said, yeah. He said, can you play bass, man? I said, yeah, I can play bass. I said, but I ain't got no bass. He said, that's all right. Play it on your guitar. So I went and got my guitar, and then tuned, he said, tune it down where it sounded like a bass. So I tuned it down. We went on and played the gig. We went on and played, and... uh place was packed with white and black. The place was packed. And uh, Teresa, that owned the club, said, can you play guitar, you know, like Flint is doing? I said, yeah, that's what I do. She said, Flint, let him play a song or two, you know? He said, okay. So we got back to This is Larry Morrissey. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show is broadcast on MPB's statewide radio network on Sundays at 5 p.m. For access to all our past shows, please subscribe to the Arts Hour on your favorite podcasting app. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. 
Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Maria Zarang, Folk and Traditional Arts Director at the Mississippi Arts Commission, and today I'm talking with my guest, blues musician King Edward Antoine, who's also a recipient at this year's Governor's Arts Award. So welcome back, King Edward. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, when we got... When we just uh, took our break, you were talking about your early days in Chicago. You talked about that first gig, and then you moved right. on well, to— we were talking to, about uh, Flint Robinson. I was playing a bass guitar for Flint Robinson at Teresa's Lounge, and she asked Flint to let me play the guitar on a couple of songs And uh, when, when Junior Wells comes in. So Junior Wells came in. She said, can you play behind Junior Wells? I said, I can play behind anybody. She said, okay. Well, Junior Wells, I met Junior Wells even in Nashville, and he got to sing up in here, you know. And he heard me play that guitar. He said, man, God down here. He played a harmonica and sang, you know. So uh, Flint Robinson said, man, you can't do this in here. I said, what you mean you can't do that? He said, he, he, he said, you putting the guitar behind your back and playing it with your teeth? And Junior Wells cracking up laughing, you know. I said, what do you mean I can't do that? And yeah, he said, well, you taking my gig. <laughs> I said, no, I can't take your gig, man. It's your gig. So finally, Junior Wells hired me to play with him. But before we go there, let's go back to Louisiana. Okay. Uh, back to Mississippi, I mean. And... Uh, my first record was the thing I used to do. And uh thing I used to do was in, in, uh, another song I cut with uh, Sam Blues Man Miles, harmonica player, and he was singing. So we we recorded at, at uh, Ace Record, and we finished it at Malico, Malico Record. So uh, when we went to Malico Record, they... This, this one there, they mix mix a bunch of artists on the same on the same record, you know, Mississippi Roots, and uh, I had I think I had two songs on there, but I played behind everybody, Elmo James Junior, uh, a whole lot of them from Chicago came down and got on it, you know. Now, oh wow! So your Chicago connections came down to record with you and Jackson after you had moved right, to Jackson, right? And uh, uh, I had to play guitar behind him, you know. And Raphael, Raph would play bass and sing. I mean, play bass. And uh, Sam Mowat sang and played the harmonica. So when they heard me play the guitar, Sam Mowat said, man, let that man there play. You know, he couldn't see. He was blind. He said, let him play. I like, I like him. So we went on and uh, cut the album. Next thing you know, when we had a hit record, you know, hit album. So it was down in Vincent said, can you sing, man? Uh, I want to cut uh, 45 on you. I said, yeah, well, no problem. He said, let's do the anybody's record. I said, what track would you like to cut? I said, well, I'd like to do the thing I used to do. 
He said, that's T-Bone Walker. Can you sing it like that? I said, I can sing it and play it like that. He said, oh, okay. So we did it, and Sam and I played the harmonica on that for me. And then when I did that song, everybody just stopped in the studio, you know. And uh, uh, Tommy Cash told told uh, Johnny Vincent, he said, man, where you get that guy? He said, man, that guy can play that guitar. And he can't talk. But he can, <laughs> he can't talk, but he can sing. <laughs> so finally, I got hooked up with Malico after after I came back from Chicago. But that uh, we we gonna leave that alone. Oh, okay. We gonna leave that alone because Johnny Vincent had took the forty five and put it out on with the compilation record. You know, everybody was on it. So I went to Chicago. And yeah, and you stayed there for quite a while, huh? Oh, yeah, About 15 yeah. or so years? Yep. Yeah, and yeah. was Chicago, was that where you took the name King Edward as your kind of stage name? Well, we was, uh, I was helping my brother record it. And, uh, and I decided to, to change my name, and he decided to change his name to go for, for the stage, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I said, man, I think I'm going to use King Edward, you know. He said, yeah, that's good, man. He said, I'm going to go with Struck. I said, oh, okay. So, you know, so he recorded. He started recording. I was playing behind him in Chicago. He, he cut too many hands in the fire in Chicago. It was Seal Johnson. And uh, I went out there and helped him cut that. And uh, it was a pretty big hit. So, and but I came back to Teresa's and got back with Flint Robinson and Buddy Guy and really played the blues. And you had yeah. to play the blues when you play with Buddy Guy and Junior Wells. So, and I, I wasn't no problem. So I'm, I was walking down the street in Chicago on 63rd Street, and this guy stopped me. He said, "Hey, Nolan," I said, "Man, I ain't Nolan." He said, you ain't Nolan. I said, I'm Nolan's brother. He said, oh. He said, he said, well, I'm McKinley Mitchell. I said, well, how you doing, McKinley Mitchell? It's like that. I said, I don't usually talk, stop and talk to nobody. He said, man, I, I, I know Nolan real good. I said, oh, yeah. He said, what you do? I said, I play guitar. Oh, he said, you play guitar. He said, I'm looking for a guitar player. He said, I'm running that club down 63rd Street. And Hosted, I think. She didn't host it. And uh, he said, come on down there tonight, man. I'm going to sing a couple songs. I want you to play with me. I said, I don't know your songs, man. He said, yeah, that's all right. Just come on down. So when I got this, Seal Johnson's brother was playing, Jimmy Johnson. So he didn't know I could play that good. He said, man, you want to do a couple of songs behind McKenna? I said, yeah. So McKinley was working the bar. He got up on the stage behind the bar and sung. And Seal Johnson's brother said, Jimmy Johnson said, God, don't, man, you're better than your brother. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you're better than your brother. I said, oh, man, I'm just here trying to get a gig, you know. 
Yeah, I was reading, um, uh, it was a Living Blues profile of you, and um, they had mentioned that, you know, sometimes people would mistake you for your brother. Right. And that was like an introduction to a gig sometimes. R- right. A lot of times, yeah. yeah, a lot of times people want want to hire me. If they, thought, they thought I was a bass player. I thought I was Nolan, you know. Mm-hmm. I said, no, man. And I said, I'm a guitar player. Well, and this happened with the man, McKinley Mitchell, who would well, bring you to Jackson, yeah, right? Well, yeah, but now, what happened there with McKinley Mitchell, Uh-huh. I had been playing the blues so long with Junior Wells and Buddy Guy, so I got hooked just on the blues. So I wanted to change my style of playing because I had left Portland mm-hmm. playing jazz. And so I, when I got McKinley, McKinley's, Start recording, you know, so with the Lena brothers in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I had to went down there and practice with him in the studio. And when I got in the studio to practice on the songs with him, I thought maybe I was just a demo cutter, you know, just play, just practicing with him, man. And when they heard me play behind McKinley, they said, McKinley, you know, that guy know you better than any of them guys in here. He said, I see. He said, man, why don't you put him on your record? So I said, said, let's go. Let's do it, you know? So I got to playing behind him, and he started recording different records. And every rainbow, the town I live in, all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Big hits. And when I was arranging the music, I didn't even know how to read music, but I was arranging it on my guitar. And they had somebody writing the music. See, all that was my music, and they got the credit for it because I didn't know nothing but his play, you know. Yeah. So they was getting all all the credit. Finally, McKinley changed that around. He started getting the big gigs, you know, playing in the Riggy Theater. That's why I first seen uh, The Temptation. Oh, wow. Michael Jackson, Loretta Franklin. Uh, Diana Ross, B.B. King, Bobby Blaine. Matter of fact, B.B. Uh, King, I mean, Bobby Blaine, guitar player, taught me a lot of stuff in the, in the Riga. And Wayne Benny. Wow. He, he was Bobby Blaine, guitar player. He said, man, he said, I, I like the way you play that guitar. He said, won't you come on down to the dressing room when we get off the stage? So I went down there with him. I said, I want to learn that what you're playing. You know, Stormy Monday and all that, I want to learn that. He said, oh, man, that's no problem. He started playing the guitar, and I was playing right along with him. He said, man, how you catch on so fast? He said, you playing the same thing I play. I said, well, I'm, that's why I'm here to learn, you know. So McKinley's name got pretty big, you know, pretty big in Chicago. So Loretta Franklin was on the show that day, and Loretta Franklin, when she come off the show, she saw me coming out from behind the curtain, and she called me. She said, hey, son, come here, come here. And she hooked up McKinley, Mitchell. You know, she liked it, McKinley. She said, will you do me a favor? I said, yeah, I'll do you a favor. Will you go, uh, when you go back to your dressing room, tell McKinley to come and see me. I said, what room you in? What dressing room? And she gave me the number. I told McKinley. I said, McKinley said, man, I ain't going over there. I said, I said, man, that woman is big, man. I said, you just starting. You know, she's big. He said, man, I, I, if it ain't about me, I ain't gone. I, he missed his big 
big attitude, big opportunity then. Wow. Because she liked it in real, and she liked it the way he sang and the way he looked, you know. And uh, he wouldn't go. So finally, he just, we decided to move to the South, you know. He and his wife was breaking up. Me and my girlfriend was breaking up. So we, we drove my car back here in Jackson. And why Jackson? Why not back to Louisiana? What was it about well, Jackson? Well, I was on my way back to Louisiana. Mm. So what happened, uh, I moved in with McKinley's people here in Jackson, Mississippi. I moved in with McKinley's people in Jackson, Mississippi. And uh, so McKinley had just signed up with Malico record, you know. So when Malico told him, say, I'd like to get to a play you got on your on your demo, man, when you bring him in, you know. So they hired me to, to do all of McKinley's music since I knew how to play behind him in Chicago and everywhere. So Trouble Blues and all them songs. And uh, End of a Rainbow, the town I live in, all of a sudden, all of them McKinley Mitchell songs, but it was my music. I was arranging it, you know. But they got the credit. Uh, uh, even uh, I recorded my brother down there, Malico. He, they got the credit on that, you know. So, yeah. But I, I didn't learn that much about music until I found out this was a dirty business, you know, crooked business. So I said, oh, I see what I got to do now. Is find somebody to help me get over, you know. Yeah, and record your own stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and I was, uh, when I left the subway lines, I played at the subway lines almost, it almost 11 years, you know. Hot Rock was one weekend and King Edward the following weekend. I mean, we did that for a long time, you know. So Hell and Males was getting ready to, well, the Hell and Males, yeah, getting ready to start Blues, Blue Monday. And Malcolm was at, working the bar the subway lines. He said, man, I, why don't you come down Blue Monday? We finna start a Blue Monday thing in Hell and Mail. And, uh, maybe and, I, and that was, but um, that was a while back after, you, you came back to Jackson in what, the 70s, after the, right? So, after, after I did everything uh, on uh, McKinley Mitchell, uh-huh. I decided I'd go on my own. Yeah, right. You know? So I go on my own. That's when Johnny Vincent picked me up because I was playing at the subway lounge and I met Malcolm. And Malcolm said, come to Blue Monday. We starting, we're getting ready to start a Blue Monday. And uh, so I got there and I stayed there for a long time playing. Then I met Miss Peggy Brown. And uh, Miss Peggy Brown came to me and said, I heard you were looking for a, a, a booking agent. I said, I'm looking for a booking and a manager. She said, well, I'm here. I said, okay, Miss Peggy. So we hooked up, you know, and uh, she started doing articles on me, interviewing me, taking me different places, doing the house parties. Uh, she was real nice about that. I liked the, and then she said, well, I'm, I got a, I'm going to Memphis. I'm going to Memphis for blues, some blues big blues they have every year. So she ran across this guy named Brian. She called, she called it, she said, I got a guy wanna wanna record Jerica's, 
But Tariqas was already with a company, he said. So I let him listen to one of your records. And he said, yeah, well, I'd like to get him, you know. So she hooked me up with him. We were supposed to be recording in Malico, but we didn't go through with that, so we went to Nashville. This is Larry Morrissey. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show is broadcast on MPB's statewide radio network on Sundays at 5 p.m. For access to all our past shows, please subscribe to the Arts Hour on your favorite podcasting app. I'm Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. All right. For those of you just joining us, you're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Maria Zarang from the Mississippi Arts Commission. And I am talking with blues musician King Edward Antoine, who is also one of the this year's Governor's Arts Awards recipients. So we are celebrating him today. Welcome back, King Edward. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. We were, just before we took a break, you were talking about uh, your move to Jackson and well, working with your manager, Peggy, and recording right. an album in Nashville. Yeah, that's when I met uh, Miss Peggy, and uh, she she uh, started managing me and taking me different places, and I was trying to get her to find me somebody to cut me, put me on another album, you know. She said, well, I'm going to uh, Memphis this weekend, and I'm going to check it out in Big Blues Festival up there. So this guy, Brian, was getting ready to cut Jerika's. And Jerika had just signed up, I think, with Alligator Records in Chicago. So he said, I can't cut Jerika's, man. I wanted Jerika's, but he said, I can't cut Jerika's. And Peggy said, I got just the guy for you. He said, oh, yeah? She said, uh, I'll let you listen to one of his session that he did on his own. So he heard my playing. He said, oh, yeah, I want him, you know. So she hooked me up with him. And uh, we were supposed to do this at Malico. So we never did go through at Malico. She said, but the man said he's going to do it in Nashville. I said, well, look, fine. And she said, I'm going to drive you up there. And he's paying for everything. I said, okay. So we did it. We went to Nashville, I had never seen these guys I was playing with. I'm supposed to go out there and practice with them that day. And we got there kind of early. So we started practicing, and, and the practice turned into recording. The Brian said, hey, man, let's take it from there. You know, that sounded good enough. for uh, uh, The bass player and the guitar player and the drummer was awesome. You know, it didn't take no time for for me to play with them, you know. So Brian said, don't, don't worry about arranging. We got you. 
I, I take care of that. You just think about your song, be king Edward, you know. I said, okay, all right. So we got into it. And this thing, you know, we was recording that day. We cut about a half of the city that day, I think. And then we went, got some rest, got up early that next day. It, nine o'clock was back in the studio in the morning. And, uh, Wow. Yep. And, and that was for the King Edward 50 Years of the Blues, right? Right. And that was a record you released in 2015, is that right? Right. That's uh the one that that was the last one that I did. Yeah. For Miss Peggy Brown, Hit the Road Entertainment. And uh And that record was um, you know, kind of a, a career retrospective in a way, huh? It was Oh, yeah. And uh all the people that comes down here from France, overseas, they talk about that record. Yeah, you yeah. have uh, fans from all over the all world, don't you? Especially uh, for the attendees from the Blue Monday right. uh, jam session, right. you know, the series that y'all do. Why don't you talk a little, let's kind of go into that. Talk about Blue Monday at Hall and Mouse and Jackson. Tell people what it is. Well, we started the Blue Monday f- with Jesse Robinson. He was the president of, of the Blue Monday. And uh, Jesse would take me to the meeting, you know. They had a meeting. And then so he'd take me to the meeting. And I, I, he was looking for a, pres- the, a vice president. So he got, uh, what's her name, Miss Pat Brown, to be the pet vice president. And uh, they couldn't get along, you know. So I said, once we get Malcolm the job, man, you know, he looked like a nice fella. And that's Malcolm Shepard? Shepard, yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, he said, okay, no problem. And he hired Malcolm. And come to think of it, they couldn't, they just couldn't get hit off together, you know. So... Malcolm said, hey, man, I'm going to quit. I said, man, don't do that. I said, don't do that. Said, you you know the business. And Jesse, Jesse, if he didn't run everything, he didn't want to be part of it, you know. So Jesse said, I'm going to let y'all have it. He left, you know. So Malcolm took over, and Pat Brown, and the Mississippi Blues Society. And then Miss Peggy came in. And join it, and the thing just took off, you know. And I had been playing. Uh, I had been playing for Malcolm that owned the club. This, this other Malcolm. He's on. Oh the, yeah, Helen uh, Mal's owner, yeah, Malcolm White. Owned it. Yep. Yeah, I had been playing for him, like parties with Raph Sim. Like I had been playing with him with Sam Miles. So. And then when they started the Blue Monday, I just went in and started playing every Monday with them. Yes, every Monday at Hall and Mouse in downtown Jackson, right? right? What time it starts at 7, 7 p.m. every Monday? Yep. Yep, and it goes till what, about maybe 9 or so, even longer? 11 o'clock, I think. Oh, okay. 11 o'clock. All right. Yeah, and you're kind of a big part of the house band. Yeah, at that time, I was a... the guitar player, because what they got going on on Monday night, they let everybody sit in that could sing pretty good. So I would just 
do after I do my little thing, I get out the way and just play behind them. So we did. We kept that going pretty good, drawing a big crowd, you know. So. And you're still performing at the Blue yeah, Monday Yeah, I was nights? down there last night. I went, oh, out there, okay. I went there last night and sung uh, for Miss Peggy and Malcolm. And, and then, you know, because I fell and hurt my hip. So right now I'm, I'm on a doctor care. I'm, I'm going to take it easy by playing. But I'm finna get back into it now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm finna get back into it. I'm going to do another album was over with <laughs> oh yeah i wanted to ask you that if you had plans for another album yeah um yeah wh what are you planning to do if you can divulge well, anything I have to, first of all i have to come up with songs and lyrics and i have to do like i did 50 years of blues and practice it to myself then when i get enough songs i let this peg you know when she gets contact the people you know yeah Yes, ma'am. So it's kind of happening organically. Huh? Just kind of as it unfolds. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, I wanted to ask you this real quick. Um, this was a quote that you had from an interview, and it was off of your uh, 50, it was about your 50 Years of Blues album. And you mm. said, living for 50 years is a notable feat. But performing for 50 years is a whole different ball game. Oh, yeah. So how does mm. it feel? Uh, now it's a little over 50. How does that feel? Well, that feels good. I, didn't, I feel like I wasn't left behind besides not making big money like B.B. King and him. But my name is out there. Yeah, you're well known. And, yeah. and uh, I ain't got no problem about if I wanted to go back to singing, you know, Shows, I just contact my manager, Miss Peggy Brown, and I have no problem with that. So, when my doctors turn me loose, I'll be back, be back ready to do another album. Oh, nice. So, are you kind of taking a little break from performing right. besides performing locally in R Jackson? Right, right. Yeah, and just performing locally. But right now, I'm gonna wait till my doctors turn me loose, and then I'm gonna start working on my songs for another album. Well, I have to say, you know, for our listeners, I would encourage them to check out the Blue Monday series. It's a fun event, and you find people from all over the world. Um, last time I was there, they had like a group from Harvard, and they came to visit, you know, and you have people from visitors from all around the world yeah. who love the blues. Yes. Yeah. They, they come from France, all overseas, you know, France, different states, yeah. you know. And uh, a lot of them come there just to see me, really. I want to see King Edward. He's here tonight, you know. But since I had been working, they still got it going pretty good. Yeah, they yeah. Got it going pretty good. Well, uh, actually, I wanted to talk to you. We have a little bit more time. I wanted to talk to you real quick about, um, you know, Ace Records and Malico Records. You mentioned those two record companies. Can you talk about what they are just for our listeners who may not be familiar yeah, well, what what happened there? Uh, I was gonna sign up with a uh, Johnny Vincent, Ace Record, and uh, he took sick, you know. So he took sick. He taking my material and uh, leased it to Melico. All our stuff we did. Me and Sam Miles and all the stuff went to Malico. So, and Nolan said, well, man, I'm, I got to find a company. I said, me too, man. I got to get away from here. So we went to Shreveport, Louisiana. 
And uh, after we went to Shreveport, Louisiana, I took my song and he took his song and let uh, Stan Lewis listen to it. Stan Lewis said, oh, man, this is the real blues here. You know, he said, King Edward is, is more bluesy than Nolan, but they both they both could do it, you know. So he, he was uh, he was getting ready to sign me up, and he said, "Well, I, I can go sign just one. I'll sign both of y'all." Oh, and what record company was that? That was uh, a jewel record. Oh, okay. In St. Louis, I mean Louisiana, Shreveport, Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah, that was jewel record, cause he heard. Uh, uh, I should have quit you. I did that over again. And the thing I used to do, I did that over. He hit them two records. He getting ready to sign me up and, and Nolan. And uh, something happened with that company. He was selling out the company to some other company. So hmm. it's just, just that we got away from that. Uh, that's when I ran into Miss Peggy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what a storied career. So you've done record companies and oh, work with record companies in, you know, Chicago and yes, Nashville, Louisiana, yeah. the two main record companies for Soul Blues oh, and Jackson, yeah. you know, Malico All and right. Ace. Uh, you've done quite a lot. And unfortunately, we are at the end of the hour. So I just want to encourage everyone to check out King Edward's album, 50 Years of the Blues. He also did a record with his brother called Brother to Brother in 95. Check that out. Thank you for thank joining you. us. And thank you to our listeners for listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour. Remember to tune in each week. Uh, to tune in each week to our show, which is a co-production of MPB Think Radio and the Mississippi Arts Commission. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this MPB Think Radio podcast. MPB depends on support from listeners, so if you can, please contribute today at mpbonline.org. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app.